Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Bitch Please. I'm Hannah. I'm Jillian. And welcome back. Yeah, we're like very excited that the podcast so far has been pretty well received by the only people who are listening who are our friends and family, so thank you. I think it's more than that because we've had a lot of listeners and I don't have that many friends and I don't think my family's listening, so... <laughs> my dad was listening the other day and then he texted me about how funny it was and then there was the part we were talking about something that I did not want to hear and I was like, you stop now! <laughs> oh, my dad knows he's not allowed to listen. I told him I'd edit him little snippets for him to listen to but he's not allowed it's so weird how you grow up and you're still you know your your father's or your mother's like little kid girl or boy but then you're a real person too and it's like a strange thing to grapple with you, you want to hide certain things from them even though they know that you're having sex or whatever it may be no i don't want mine to know anything ever it's weird i feel like this is really unrelated to what we were planning on talking about but for me as like a writer as growing up like I found it really tough to start writing about like sex and cursing and honest things just because I was so used to especially like in school like you don't curse in front of your teachers you don't talk about those kind of things in front of your teachers and then all of a sudden you have to like make a switch where if you're trying to like be a creative person and you have to be honest with your writing it's no I completely agree I mean even writing recently starting to write like in the personal essay format and just being like all right well they're gonna I mean they're probably gonna read it but I kind of just have to like get over that and that's part of being an adult right I was talking to my mom this morning about my sister tells my mom like every time she goes on a date every all the details of the date and I don't tell my parents any details really or my mom any details and she was like, why don't you tell me about your dates? I was like, I'll tell you if there's something worth telling about. She's like, fine, I'll just listen to your podcast and find out. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like our Dear Diary podcast. It is weird. I mean, I even said to Hannah the uh, other day, I was, I feel weird about, I was having a moment where I felt weird about being vulnerable on the podcast. And she was like, the only way to be successful is to be open. And it's just good to have friends who remind you that. <laughs> yeah, because I... I edit the podcast and so half the time I'm going through it I'm just like wow that was a really embarrassing thing I said or like wow I really should delete that but I just think those times when you're really embarrassed or vulnerable about being open there's at least one other person out there who feels the same way and so someone out there will appreciate the openness and the honesty which is kind of the entire point of this podcast even though sometimes you feel a little silly for saying certain things exactly so um I guess we're gonna let's talk about one topic here. I want to talk about we've talked about dating apps and we haven't specifically narrowed it down to Raya. And when I first found out about Raya, I really wanted to get on it. And I so Raya is a dating app that's essentially for creatives. That's the euphemism. It's that's how they brand it. But you kind of have to apply to get in, and there's like famous people on it, and it's quote unquote like cool, I guess. Raya is the Soho house of dating apps. Let's put it that way. You have to apply, and and you have to list that you know people, like two of your friends who are on Raya. So when I was in LA, I, I did it, and I was like, fuck that, they'll accept me anyway. I don't need to list. I didn't think that I really had to list. Like I knew Hannah was on it, but I didn't at anyone. And then I was on a, I was subsequently put on a wait list. Then I emailed Raya a barrage of emails. No, like two emails. Okay. And uh, they finally accepted me. And then the first time I got on it, I was like, wow, I just hope that I see John Mayer because I just want to, I want to hook up with John Mayer. Like every other, um, whatever, girl. And he was the first person I saw on Raya. 
And I think that he has a paid promotional deal with them because it's really it's weird that he was the first person to show up. So I've been on Raya a couple times. And by a couple times, I mean, I always have these freakouts where I go and delete the app. But on Raya, you can't delete it yourself. You have to like email them and have them delete it for you. And they're like, okay, but you're gonna have to reapply if you come back on. And I'm like, I know that's fine. So I've done it a couple times now. And I've never seen John Mayer. I've never seen anyone fun that I'd actually want to go on a date with. The thing with John Mayer is like in the entertainment industry, he has a really bad reputation of being a womanizer. Like his most recent song, New Light, is about him being a new person now. And so I don't know that I'd actually go on a date with him, but I want him to want to go on a date with me. I agree with you. I would like to go on one date with him just for the experience. But I'm like I said, or I haven't said this on this podcast, but I'm over assholes. So I only want really nice people in my life. So I don't really want to be tortured by John Mayer. But I definitely I want him to like beg me to go out with him on a second date, you know, and I'm like, no. Do you know that my so my one of my best friends, um, I think. Hannah knows the story but she basically was at La Esquina like a, cu- a lot of a couple years back like in the height of John Mayer's just ego like saying ridiculous things all the time coming out in the media and he he said some very forward gross things to her and she was dating a guy at the time a guy who is not a prize like I cannot believe that she didn't go on the date with John Mayer <laughs> but she blew him off and I was like well go go you okay. yeah good for her I mean, she was like 22 or three. I mean, my problem with Raya, though, is that the reason I'm off of it now and I'm not going to go back on it is I felt like all the guys and from what I've heard girls, too, but they're all like models, like none of them were real people. No one I'd actually like want to date or go out with. And I started to think it was like embarrassing, to be honest. So I had them delete my profile. I go on it just to see, but I do think most of the people I like, I laugh at most of people's profiles. It's kind of entertainment and I'm interested in what songs they choose. So on Raya, you have like almost like a mini slideshow of photos and you choose a song. And so people are always like, oh, this is my favorite music app. And I used to think that was like a joke, but then I realized people were serious. You could tell so much about someone from what song they choose to um, to help show who they are. What's your song? Mine is this kind of obscure 80s song, which isn't really match, doesn't match with me as much as a 90s hip hop song would, but it's called uh, Only You by Yazoo, and it's a great song. For me, I don't have that many f- songs on my phone. Like, they're all on the apps, like the music apps. And so I did, didn't have that many cho- songs to choose from, but I ended up going with Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Like, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a. I thought about that. First, I thought it was so, like, absurd. And then I was like, actually, I'm really into this song. When I see someone use an Imagine Dragons song, I, like, immediately pass over. It's weird that people like Imagine Dragons and bands like the Lumineers. I don't know. I'm, like, very confused by really basic music taste. I didn't mean that in a snobby way. I just don't get it. I kind of hated when people do, like, Drake or, like, just... I'm not a big hip-hop person, so whenever anyone did anything like that, like, half the time if they were cute but they had a really... Like, a song I really didn't like, I'd swipe left because I was like, we clearly have nothing in common. Well, it shows so much when they chose, like, the top 40 song that's popular that day. It's... (laughs) Can't you just choose, like... I'd rather, like, a Ja Rule song from the early 2000s. Yeah, Ja Rule, all about that. That'd be good. Wait, I watched the VMAs a little bit of it the other day, just for distraction purposes. And it's really weird. Like, I didn't know hardly anyone on it, and I'm plugged into pop culture. I did not watch the VMAs. I saw photos of it on Instagram. Why did Pete Davidson look like he just rolled out of bed? He looked like they, like, 
he just got he- like i feel like they were like hooking up in the limo he just lo- he always looks like a like a mess to me he was in sweatpants wait i don't think i noticed that i was just google it right now she was in like her usual like high heel boots little dress and he was in full-on sweatpants and i'm all about going being underdressed like i'm all about that look but this was to an extreme it was very weird and to be honest i found it a little bit obnoxious he i think he is a, like this, a bit obnoxious this is like, the height of- like this is like the height of, pe- of people starting people's career right yeah why do you think he did the vanilla ice hair thing like what is going on with his hair right now the hair thing's fine i mean although i think he kind of likes the heroin addict vibe he, he i mean it's a rodent looking hairdo you know i saw him at the derm- my dermatologist in la and i have to say he smiled seemed nice seems like a nice guy in person but he i mean he, whatever he has he has issues someone on instagram i think it was aaron foster but she referred to him as a ticking time bomb and i just thought that was the most accurate thing ever i really laughed out loud at that oh and at the vmas ariana grande thanked him for existing their whole thing is too much like when something starts that quickly at that like pace it's gonna combust and everyone it's it's kind of just a show but it's the only interesting pop culture relationship right now i'm all about impulsive love but there's something about this that it just seems so unhealthy like i don't know i don't think even if i was like at the most in love i'd ever be if I went up to accept an award and I'd be like, so-and-so, thank you for existing. I agree. Um, I also think it's funny. Well, listen, Ariana Grande, my sister Marissa is weirdly in, like into her or at least interested in teeny bopper artists. And she sent me this interview of her and Jimmy Fallon. And Ariana, I guess, was like talking pretty openly about her anxiety. But it's hard for me to picture Ariana Grande with anxiety and I was like, I'm happy she's bringing it into the mainstream, but it still didn't feel relatable even when she was talking about it. And I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's because she's she's like tiny and, and, and like has long hair and always seems happy. I'm not really sure. I feel like having that level of fame, there's got to be anxiety that comes along with that. But I, I know what you mean. And I think it's just because her whole look is so fake. Like she's always so done up. She has clearly has a lot of hair extensions in always has a lot of makeup on that it's when she like starts acting like a real person and showing true f- emotions it just feels inauthentic or something yeah and i realized i was like self-aware i was like this is weird like she's talking about something that we all go through but i, I don't know why i don't believe it and even though she did go through that whole manchester shooting and she must deal with a lot of mental health uh issues so that's true yeah that must have been crazy yeah I mean, the, the guilt that you feel, even though it's not your fault. I'm sure she's talked about that, too. I haven't, I don't follow her that much. She talks about it, but I think maybe, maybe it's, I don't want to say she's not eloquent. Maybe it's just the way she speaks. I'm not really sure what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't, don't relate to her. No, me neither. I don't relate to anyone who wears that much makeup on a daily basis. Ow. How do you spend that much time making your face? If you don't have a photo shoot or something. You don't get it. I had the friends in high school who would, like, come to school every day with that much makeup on. And it's like, first of all, when I wear that much makeup, by the end of the day, I just feel the pimples forming on my face. Like, I just can't have that level of that much stuff on my face all the time. Also, like, people are pretty without makeup on. I don't... And I know it's, like, a totally separate look and all that. I just... I've never understood I would just never take that much time, like, ever. But hey, Kylie Jenner got to a billion... Almost a billion dollars from telling people they need to wear more makeup so yeah also because her ass is like a floating device and she like fucks rappers so i don't know bitch please 
So the next thing that we were talking about was the impulse to post on social media, like the second you feel something or experience something. Yeah, I thought about it the other day because I was, whenever I see something funny and I take a quick picture, it's like a snap. Like I'm like, I want to post this right now. And I'm like, I don't even know what I feel about it yet. I just know that it, that it stirred something in me. And I'm also just then waiting to think of something either funny or poignant to say. And I don't know. I just I feel like I have no patience and I've never been a patient person. But I think it's also a trend that permeates like everyone who's, who's living right now and active on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I feel like social media replaces the need for not intimacy, but... You have that instant gratification of people responding, of people liking it. It takes away the sense of loneliness. And so we're just used to having that constant interaction with people. This one person I follow on Instagram, I guess he was in the airport and his flight got delayed. And so he posted something along the lines of, I'm really bored, please excuse everything that I'm about to post on Instagram. And I responded to him and I was like, that basically sums up my entire Instagram existence. (laughs) And I think it's just because I'm alone all day working and I'm lonely and bored, I guess. And so I just posted on Instagram. And I, But I feel like that's what most people do. And I feel like it's kind of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a symptom of being lonely and bored. But also, even if I'm walking and I'm trying to be active where I am, I still want to post. It's almost, it's so um, thoughtless and, and reflexive, I suppose. I also think it's addicting. From I think I've read something that, like, posting, it on, posting on social media and then getting the response, it you know, it, it peaks your serotonin or something. It, so it, it becomes addictive. Yeah, the dopamine... Uh, it's like the same as being on well It's like, serotonin. yeah, dopamine because that's the the uh, reward yeah, system. Kinda yeah, I'm kind of over Instagram. Like, I'm not in the sense that I'm posting a lot still, but I'm ready for people to stop caring. Well, it's funny. My, I was with my friend uh, the other day, and she was talking about how when Facebook came out, how big it was and we almost forget that that was the the center of of social virtual social interaction and now facebook has become sort of a dinosaur and we're on instagram is it only a matter of time until instagram kind of becomes the new old thing it's going to become old and kind of extinct do you think there's a chance i guess but it's it does seem like instagram is doing a really good job of like keeping up with the times because then snapchat came along but then Instagram made Instagram stories, which is basically the same thing as Snapchat. Right. I don't know. I'm hoping one day it'll be cool to like, I mean, I still do. I actually think it's cool now, but to like not be on social media at all. It's just the whole, from the business perspective, that's that's the part of it that I feel so many, biz- like you get followers, it increases your biz- like your business. Yeah. The extent to which it plays a role in business is very frustrating. But yeah, I mean, I would love to go back to the feeling of the 90s. I I saw someone who was upstate where I'm from, and they were at this 311 and the Offspring concert. And I was like, wow, like, remember get like taking a CD out and putting it in your Walkman and listening to a CD? You know what I think about sometimes? Remember when you like went on a jog and the Walkman would constantly skip because you were like running? And then they came out with the type of Walkman that like Skipped less. Uh-huh. The no-skip Walkman. I used to love my Sony one. Such a funny concept. We were running with like a portable CD player. It's like a relic of another time. It's crazy. I want to bring CDs back. I was driving in my grandma's... I had to get... It was in my grandma's car the other day. 
she had these Ani DeFranco CDs, who were probably from my cousin, and then a Frank Sinatra CD, and I, it was the only way to listen to anything, so I was just listening to CDs. It was cool. I don't miss CDs. But at the same time, I used to have all these playlists on my iTunes, and then when iTunes kind of converted to its new format, it deleted all my playlists. And so ever since, I've just been like too lazy to go back and make new playlists. And so now I'm just kind of always like, I never know what to listen to. Follow my Spotify. I have like years worth of playlists. I don't make- I know, I don't really use Spotify, but I need to get back into it because no, I use Google Play and no one's on Google Play. Feels like a Jennifer Lopez song. I don't know why Google Play. Did she have a song with the word play in it? Yeah, it's called Play. Play, come on, play that song. Play it all night long. I used to love J-Lo. I know. I know like all J-Lo songs. <laughs> Wait, Hannah, I'm so impressed. I thought you were going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, I know. I- no, I know. I think I could keep singing it too. Yeah. No, I'm all about 90s J-Lo. Yeah, she performed on the VMAs. That's like the one thing I watched. That's good. I only saw a photo, but I liked her hair that way. Yeah, she has a, she gets great work done because you can't tell that it's work. Her and Demi Moore, they're the best in terms of their face looking not like a plastic doll. You know who I've recently become obsessed with? Who? Or realized that I'm obsessed with? I just feel like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have the cutest relationship. So cute. Um, did you listen to her Mark Maron? Yes. Oh, no. She had a Mark Maron interview. You should listen to it because she's really down to earth. Uh, she seems it. I listened to her interview on Dax Shepard's podcast. And that was like right before we started this podcast. And she's so down to earth. She's so just kind of honest about everything. And I was like, I love hearing women just be so honest and open and chill about discussing certain things. And hopefully we're doing something a little bit similar. I agree. I think it's inspiring. But it's interesting when she was on What the Fuck with Mark Maron, she was talking about how a lot of her 20s were dealing with how much she was lying to herself and lying to other people. And when she finally was just like, fuck this, I just want to be honest with everyone around me, how much better she felt. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what Hannah and I are trying to do here. So yeah, exactly. Uh, Bitch, please. Oh, (laughs) so I do stand up from time to time and it's something that I struggle with because I want to be doing it more and certain negative voices come in my brain that uh, make me feel unmotivated to do it at times. But I do have this this joke um, that I, I used to smoke cigarettes for most of my 20s. Periods of chain smoking, periods of only smoking when I drink. It's been um, a, a complicated relationship, I suppose. Anyhow, I thought about how I didn't quit cigarettes because I was scared of dying early, but I quit cigarettes because I was scared of dying ugly. And I feel like it's just sort of, obviously I didn't want to have trouble breathing, but I also didn't want to deal with wrinkles. (laughs) Most of that came from a fear that I think is driven by the beauty industry and the idea of that we could sort of prevent the wrinkles from happening, even though they're going to happen anyway. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I think a lot of pressure is put on women for like the way they look, which goes back to what we're talking about with the makeup um, and the way we look and the way we how much we weigh and our wrinkles and the whole beauty industry is basically about making us feel ugly so we will spend more money. It's really fucked up. And I feel like there's more pressure on women than there is on men. There is. I just feel like specifically with the skin, like I, I'm fixated with people's like, if I see wrinkles on people's forehead, I immediately stare at them and then i feel like what's wrong with me for looking at these like this is what this is what growing older 
is and it doesn't necessarily have to have this negative connotation but because of the warped way of thinking based on the way the media portrays women in hollywood and what we see it's just fucked up i i kind of stumbled across katie couric's instagram the other day and i was looking at her page and i was thinking to myself like she looks like she's aging very gracefully and in a very like natural like she's not trying to look a lot younger than she is and it was just kind of refreshing yeah i want to be that way <laughs> when i'm older like I, I mean i don't plan on being like botoxed out but um i think it looks very it actually looks worse <laughs> i want my 50s to feel like a nancy myers movie I like the way Diane Keaton aged. Like, she did it in a, in a normal way. Just how, like, they're all really successful, kind of chilling, not too obsessed with their looks. Like, they are a little, but not, like, in a ridiculous way. They they seem vaguely, like, happy with their lives. And, like, I would love to have the house if something's got to give, so. I know. I just want to be, like, wrapped in cashmere by, like, the ocean. I feel like that's that's my 50s vibe. Yeah, exactly. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Someone told me I'm doing this freelance copywriting gig, and it's this guy who owns a business up, and he's about to sell his business for a hundred million dollars. And I'm just like, gee, like, what would you do with a hundred million dollars right now, Hannah? Buy a house, not with all the money, but some of it, and then I'd use some of it to make a movie, and then you gotta invest, right? Oh, and I have this idea for a company that I'd start. I have a lot of things. I have so much that I would do with that $100 million. It's just I don't have that money. I know. And I I mean, I, I don't know if I've spoken about this, but I obviously spoken about it to Hannah, but I have about this childhood friend who won the lottery. And I actually think about it twice a week. It's not normal. <laughs> like, I just can't believe that somebody I know won the lottery. And she was just on a safari in Africa with her whole family and they were wearing linens and like white and red like rich scarves and I was just like what the fuck did she do to deserve to win the lottery? I agree. Like we deserve to win the lottery too. Hell yeah. Yeah. What would you sometimes I the other day I went to buy a lottery ticket and I didn't have enough money to buy one. <laughs> which is a great metaphor for my life right now because apparently you have to buy it with cash, which I don't I don't really understand that. That's not true. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, cash or debit card. They wouldn't let me use credit card. Oh, right. That I know because I've only ever bought it with debit. But anyway, my new thing is I'm buying more lottery tickets. I think it's a worthy investment. Um you just never know. It's like $4 for two tickets. Everyone says it's not and I think it is cuz what if you win? I agree. I'm with you i think that we should just keep playing the lottery and then if we win we'll like i will i don't know i'll do a million things but yeah what would you do what's like the first thing you would do the first thing i would do would get uh like a really big apartment in the city like close to the park probably close to either washington square park or even up i even like uptown like i just need somewhere where it feels really open and spacious and then i would plan a major trip and stay at really nice hotels and get tour guides and um just immerse myself in other cultures but do it in a way where i was still comfortable right but you can be because you have all the money now exactly then i would also like to go to school again i feel like i would go get my master's i feel like i would i after what i don't know school is not how i would spend my money i would i want to go back i want to learn again i feel like i haven't yeah but the way i see it is like then you just have time to read you can just read unless you want to learn like a specific skill but yeah i mean i have a few ideas of what i would go back for but I think I would just get higher degrees and, and not worry about, you know, you don't have to worry about paying it back or even, I don't know, it, it would be great to be able to travel and then study and then just buy houses and 
Yeah, that would be cool. If I, had, if I had like Bill Gates money, like once I have a lot of money, I want to do a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I think like charity work. And I think if you like helped certain people yeah. pay off their student loans, like that could be really nice. I was just thinking how we didn't mention that we were going to get back to the world and how solipsistic we sounded. But I also, I, I feel like, this is interesting, but I look at someone kind of off. This is whatever. Angelina Jolie. And I was like, she was probably so self-involved in her 20s and whatnot. And then she got to those points of success. And you realize like how much better you feel when you help people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But you can only help people once you, your own life is in a stable place. Exactly. And like, I mean, I would I would love to help in a capacity, but my life is not stable enough. I'm still helping myself. And it's annoying because I feel selfish as fuck. The other day I spent time with my grandmother in the hospital and I was, it was so nice to just do everything for her and not be thinking about my own problems and making sure she had the right food and that the lighting was like, I was just, I was so in it and I was like, wow, I should really like fucking help people more. It's crazy. Some people devote their whole lives to helping people. Yes. Like nurses or even the people who live, do like live in centers for like older people, like that's such a nice thing to do with your life. So nice. Granted, I'm sure most of them are doing it just for the money, but still. It's got to be a little rewarding. I was trying, like, this fall, I was thinking, like, what can I do? I need to volunteer in some capacity, so I don't love... Like, I was thinking maybe I could read to, like, little eight-year-olds in the Bronx or something. <laughs> I, want to I want to adopt a dog from a shelter. I know that's not helping people, but... Yeah, I love animals. I hear you. Like an adult dog, not a puppy. Like one, like, would you get one with one eye? I don't know. There's people who like the one-eyed dogs, but there's a lot of two-eyed dogs that need homes too. Uh, Bitch, please. So on the outline, Jillian has it saying, in quotes, it's never too late unless you're 30. And I think that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because I agree, I'm, so we're 28, but lately, I don't know, a friend was doing something that was kind of immature, and I was just like, we're basically 30. I think of myself as 30 in a lot of ways, and I feel like there's certain things that you just, like, can't do anymore. It's like, grow up, we're adults now. I feel exactly 27, and I'm 28, and that's, like, nearer to 30. But I just feel like I'm permanently at the 27 mark, where it's like you're right in between the time where you're supposed to step up and be an adult, but I still have lingering immaturities. But it's weird. It's almost like, all right, I'm 28. Like, I might as well just be fucking 30 already. Like, I am just feel like I'm count. There's like a t- ticking time clock until when I'm 30. I don't know. On the other hand, people do stuff all the time. Like, I look at Molly Guy, who I'm kind of obsessed with because she is so transparent. She owns this store called Stone Fox Bride, and she's built this anti-wedding weddings brand and she started her business when she was like 35 that's when she had her first kid and it just timing is just different for everybody but society makes you feel like 30 is oh there's such a weight to it i also think 30 now is a much is much younger than it used to be but i don't know i feel like i'm 40 but because of my lack of financial stability i act like i'm 20 and it's this weird time but so, so i've been working on this project lately and it's kind of about this new adulthood where that it used to not exist where we're 30 but we act like we're 25 and we don't do a lot of the things that being an adult used to mean like for example I still have no clue how to pay my taxes not sure that they got paid this year you know our parents at this age were 
much more adults than we were. And I think it has to do with where the world is. Everything's just so delayed. It's like we're supposed to be adults, but we feel like kids. It's a really weird, unique time. It really is. And I mean, I wonder if that's an across the board feeling for everyone or if that's... It is. I'm pretty sure it is. It's in, That's actually a really interesting subject. I mean, but like some people we know are taking the steps especially, to be... Especially with student loans. People are buying houses later. They're having families later. Just adulthood is very delayed. I mean, this country went so... I don't want to like talk about whatever this country, and I don't have enough facts, but it went so downhill, the fact that... I don't understand why things are so expensive and nobody's making like any money except for the people at the tippy top. And it's just... Capitalism is, has failed this country because of so much corruption, and it's. I think it's downward trickle into like affecting the way that we have to live our lives. And I think it's... A, I think... Also, I'm not the, the person to speak on politics, but I just think a lot of people see it as very black and white where it's like how it is now or it's like socialism where we're, we're all the same and we're all getting the same amount of things. And there's definitely a middle ground that can be had. But right now, I agree. It's insane. The amount of money the like top 0.01% makes. It's it's actually it's ridiculous. And like I'm 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 subletting my friend's apartment and it's in the West Village and it's a studio and my other friend who just moved to Beacon came and stayed with me for the night. And she was like, I cannot believe like what you are paying to live in a box. And I'm like, who in New York City decided that the rents can be what they are? What? Who decides these things? I don't know. It's just there's so much inequality now. And I, I agree with you. I don't want to I don't think we should live in a socialist society, but we should have universal health care. Like we need aspects of socialism and more like fucking regulation on capitalism i suppose yeah well i also just think it's crazy how like sports players make so much money whereas like teachers make nothing and just the amount of disparity between that is pretty mind-blowing right who decides that i really want to i think who decides that why does a teacher make forty thousand dollars a year and an athlete makes eight million a year because the teacher salary is dictated by the government and look at what our government is and the sports player salary it's like they fill stadiums so they get paid a lot i know but the government has been the same government even we don't have to get into trump but like he's ridiculous but even with bush and with obama teachers have been making nothing for years and it's not all on the president either it's just the government right teachers should definitely be making more money everyone should be making more money bitch please So before we were talking a little bit about like romantic comedies and how in general the genre in movies, it's just it's considered not really successful. Like most people really won't make them. Whereas in like the 80s and the 90s, everyone was about the romantic comedy. And I think it's because now people are getting used to wanting, at least women, getting used to wanting and me personally wanting more honesty in the characters we seem and see on screen. And so a lot of these movies just feel a little bit surface level whereas like their lives are perfect and they meet this guy who sweeps them off their feet and i just think the world as a whole is getting a little not jaded for it but we we need a little bit more reality and truth in it what do you think i agree with you i think i think the world is sort of starving for multi-dimensional characters that we could relate to and i wonder this is a far-off connection but i wonder if that has to do a little bit with the social media world and how much fakeness that we see all the time that we're kind of uh, desiring to see people who are more more like us who feel a range of emotions who aren't always just like one way and 
presenting themselves one way. And I do think that romantic comedy, yeah, like when's the, like we were actually talking earlier, but like the, what's the last romantic comedy you saw? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians is a romantic comedy if you haven't seen it, and it's great. But I think it's, it A, touches on a culture that's never really been shown in such a commercial movie before. But other than that, I honestly, I honestly don't know. Trainwreck, I guess. Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids wasn't fully a romantic comedy. Silver Linings Playbook. That was a while ago that now, though. Bridesmaids is such uh, a funny movie. I'm trying to think of the last movie I saw that I was like, wow, I love that. That was like a comedy. Like, I feel like big comedies now, they just suck. It's so weird comedies were like i mean i love like the wedding crashers like the will ferrell we're talking about like male driven movies but they were so funny where are they yeah but wedding crashers was a while ago i know it really was i don't know why that movie doesn't what was that make it was 2005 it was over 10 years ago that movie's so funny vince vaughn was so funny but yeah i agree with you um i don't know i I, but i'm also like in the camp like i like dramedies so i'm not one who just likes like a pure comedy so i i'm like everyone else in terms of this trend like i fit in with the trend where i don't want to see i don't want to see like but and it's like she's all that was that a romantic comedy considered i mean that was like so long ago but that's you would call that yeah right and she had to be, you have to end up being in the, these women be put in these boxes where she was like the dorky girl who was found by the guy and became a princess. Like, so we're moving away from that narrative. Um, like, are you a big, like, like, are you a big, like, Beyonce fan? The way everyone, like, obsesses over Beyonce? I am the least big Beyonce fan. Why is everyone obsessed with Beyonce? I don't know. I think it, it, it bothers me actually so much. This is one of my favorite topics. I think it's interesting that nobody ever criticizes Beyonce. They just call her a god and like queen queen the hive what did she do to deserve that also you know what bothers me i didn't think about this until now but someone with that much like influence right like someone who has so many people who like bow down to her i think she could maybe be doing more there's something i respect about like staying out of the public eye but i also think if you have that much influence like there's a lot of causes political or not that you could take a bigger interest in to try to you know shed some some light on i will play devil's advocate there i think there's a lot that beyonce does that she doesn't report and i do think she does a lot for the black community fair i might just not know about it right because i am one to be like fuck it's so annoying how everyone just like loves beyonce but i do think she does things her and jay-z do things quietly for the black community that we don't know about and i'm also like think that beyonce just shows only one side of herself to the world and that's what i don't like about her is that there's an element of fakeness i feel like she doesn't even show one side of herself i feel like she doesn't show anything which i mean in one sense is kind of cool and i respect but it's cool until it's not until it's so edited where she has to control the entire september issue of vogue because she's such a fucking control i mean like she she makes her whole image and it feels doesn't fit in with the times to be honest exactly i know what you mean like the times are about being very like honest and truthful and cutting through the bullshit right she's she's very she's too private for me that's why i'm like team rihanna because rihanna's like a Rana just like does her thing. She's like smoking a blunt. She's like having weird relationships. She's being confident. She's being insecure. She's a contradiction. And I love that about her. I agree. I feel like it has, it's not, like I feel like that's definitely the next wave of, I don't want to call it pop culture, but in the sense of just like real honesty is kind of what's next because everyone's so fake right now. Exactly. This is why our podcast is happening at the best time. Yeah. So everyone make sure you're following us on Instagram for updates 
and fun stuff it's at bitch please pod yes please follow us and tell your friends to listen to us and subscribe to the podcast on itunes leave us a review from what we hear that is important yeah and uh we're loving doing this so we hope you guys enjoy it too keep sending the dms about topic ideas vice we're here to tell you what we think. When Hannah and I get reactions from people, we send that, like, when someone says they love the podcast, we get so happy. Um, so it's great just that people are following along and listening, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, so thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.